All right. Well, welcome back, listeners, everybody. This is another action-packed episode, episode number five, I believe this is, of uh, Mindset Masters of Marketing. So, you know, I created this this podcast for, you know, any of the new listeners that are tuning in. You know, this podcast was created for you guys, you know, in life and in business and life. It's all about how can you control your mindset? What are the things that you consume? You know, who are you hanging out with? All these different things subconsciously impact, you know, the way you think, the way you operate in a day-to-day basis. So through this podcast, we want to teach you different techniques that, you know, successful business owners, entrepreneurs, you know, coaches, you know, CEOs, different people that have success in their life share their tips and tricks on how they became a mindset master. In addition to that, how they marketed themselves to where they are today. So like it kind of goes together. Like once you figure out like, you know, how to control your mindset, how do you get yourself out there? How do you get known? How do you get out of obscurity? Right. So, you know, without further ado. My man, Dan Constantino. Is that how you say your last name? I want to make sure we didn't butcher that. Is that correct? Constantino. Constantino. Mr. Dan Constantino is yep. going to come on our show today. He's going to talk a little about his history and how he, you know, share some of his tips and tricks on how he became a mindset master, successful entrepreneur, multiple business owner, you know, real estate investor. So, I mean, the guy's got a lot of knowledge in different areas that we'd love to, you know, explore today and, and share, you know, all that kind of stuff. So without further ado, Dan, if you don't mind, man, please introduce yourself to the, to the listeners and, and tell us a little about who you are. Awesome. Uh, I appreciate you having me on. Uh, first off, that's pretty cool. I appreciate the invite. Um, so born and raised here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I am a real estate investor, as you, you mentioned. I'm full time now. Um, For a long time, that was a side hustle. I started my career in logistics, uh, mainly in sales. I had a a few years where I ran a station um, from an operation standpoint in freight forwarding. So I was mainly in trucking. So I did uh, less than truckload, truckload, air freight, international freight, and third-party logistics. So great experience. I got to learn about a lot of different businesses being in sales and, and really consulting with people. Um, on their businesses in their, in their movement with their, within their distribution and supply chain. Like everyone knows supply chain now because it's all jacked up, but uh, yeah. uh, it wasn't that sexy back when I was in it, but um, learned a lot. And uh, like I said, born and raised in Pittsburgh, went to college, met my wife, and we have you know two young daughters, 13 and 11. And uh, I just try to do my part, make enough money to afford them and, and uh, not get kicked out of the house. <laughs> Cool. So, so let's talk a little about before, like you got into your, your business. I know you mentioned your list of trucking. Let's go a little bit farther back, like earlier years, like figuring out like who you are, right? Like, you know, before you got into sales, you had to figure out like you're good at sales, right? Yeah. I'm sure you have, somebody probably told you, you know, like, talk a little bit about like what led you to like starting your own business. Like, you know, what, what was that driving factor back then? I know now you have your children. I'm sure that's your why now, but before, you know, everyone has their reason, right? Why they wanted to start, right? Like, yeah. Talk a little about that, like your, your childhood, right? Did you have like mentors growing up, like your father, like anything like that? So great question. I mean, uh, I think the mindset it's, it's evolved over the years. I always look at myself back on five-year increments, right? And I can tell you from where I grew up, um, and I just spoke at a real estate investment association last night, you know, and I brought this up because it was like two miles in high school. Right. So it was, it was pretty, pretty cool to, to be speaking up there, uh, not too far from, from where, you know, kind of things started to go well for me. Mm-hmm. My childhood, it was very, uh, 
you know, modest to say the least, you know, the house I grew up in is boarded up now. So, uh, so definitely never thought I would be buying properties, you know, um, growing up for any, for any reason. My dad was a factory worker. He, uh, he now works for me in one of my construction companies, one of my maintenance people. Uh, my mom was a banquet bartender. She was one of the bartenders that you would have at a wedding or something at a Marriott. She worked at a Marriott for a bunch of years. And uh, so that was like my background. I really didn't have um, a ton of great examples, you know, business owners for sure. Entrepreneurial uh, parents, essentially. Not, yeah. Never thought about owning my own business. Like never. Uh, I, I, the biggest key for me, the thing that, that took me from um, being kind of a, you know, I was a city kid, you know, inner city kid. I went to the inner, you know, it's, I could give you a ton of stories, but going from middle school, which was like penitentiary, um, it was a rough school because all the wrong neighborhoods grouped together. This was during the, you know, the nineties when they colors was out and like the gangs were big, you know, back then that was kind of the fad, uh, going, did not go to the high school I was supposed to. I went to a magnet school that was based in like re, um, math and science. Thank God I went there because uh, I ended up finding a good group of people that were still jerks. You know what I mean? We were still stupid, young, stupid kids. But I got the, a crowd that did care. Like they got on a roll. Like I never cared any. I didn't care at that time. Like middle school was a weird group of years for me. But um, got on with them and I'm competitive. I never really explained it that way when I was a kid, but I was competitive. I saw that they were making honor roll. So I wanted to beat them. And I outwardly said that, but that's just what it was. So I, I did that. And then I got into tennis of all things. If you, if you could look back in the nineties, how big my shorts were, I wore 36 <laughs> size pants. I was a hundred pounds. They were down below my knees. I was playing tennis looking like that. It was ridiculous. But the key in that was I had a, um, I had a, excuse me, I had a, tennis coach that was the freshman counselor so he wasn't the counselor for the um for the seniors or anything he was the freshman counselor he pushed me towards going to the right college that worked for me and I was so scared of failing and people down I was scared of letting my mom down and scared of letting you know him down that uh you know I just really busted my ass and and I think my first semester I got a three seven and I had it in my mind you talk about mastering in mindset I was you know, I, I had imposter syndrome big time because I was not sure how I was going to do. I was always programmed that if you went to any schools that you were not going to do well in a regular college, you had to go to community college. I did well. I got a seven my first semester. And uh, uh, that was a big change for me because finally I was around people that had parents that were successful, kids that were successful. And it's funny because like my mind was so different back then to where I hated the rich, like the, the stereotypical inner city, um, basically jealous kid that, uh, yeah, I mean, against success. I, I can, success. I can agree with that. I mean, we all grew up seeing it. Like, you know, for me, it was me when I was growing up, I'd always see, you know, kids with their fathers and shit, like seeing the moments, like, you know, yeah. always, you know, and that's why I'm so strong with my son now. And that's, that's my why that was always been my why, even before my son was here, I knew in the future that, those things that I felt as a young child, I wanted to make sure that, you know, they didn't feel that growing up. Yeah. You know, that's always been underlying in my mind growing up. Like, don't get, 
random girls pregnant. Don't, you know, don't put your child through what you went through. Right. So like, that was a mindset thing for me that has nothing to do with business and everything to do with your personal self, just based on things that we go through as, as child, you know, as children, but, you know, to add to what you were saying, right. Accountability, you know, having people around you that support you and that, that want to win. Those are huge things that, you know, are pivotal in, in, you know, keeping that mindset strong. Right. Yeah. And I had opportunities like, I mean, to be transparent with you, I mean, like my parents divorced when I was six. Right. And Mm -hmm. we went through a lot of crazy stuff. My mom was 17 when she had me. So she dropped out of high school, you know, they smoked and, you know, other stuff. And like, I had a stepdad, he ended up dying from an overdose when I was in college. Like it was like, I had a lot of stuff happen. So I think, and listen, I want no pity. I, I know everyone has a story. But I know a lot of people look at me now and would never think that they think, you know, because I live in the suburbs and stuff like that. I'm so I'm so out of the city. I'm not cool anymore. Like I (laughs) used to be. Uh, But people don't know it now. But like I had a lot of things that I think a lot of people would use as an excuse to not become their realize their full potential. I always use that stuff um, to want to not end up like that. And you know, too, too much to the point when you're in your twenties and you're making money at a company car, I'm wearing a suit to, to work every day. Um, I got too big for my bridges, to be honest. And my dad made it, uh, while I was living at his house rent-free, by the way, um, that I had forgotten where I came from. Right. And, and I said, well, you know, and I don't remember how the transaction went, but it's one of the bigger things I regret saying. I was like, well, quite frankly, I just want to make sure I don't end up like you. And I'll never forgive myself for saying that. Uh, but in all honesty, like those negative things that happened to me were at that point, what motivated me. So that, that negativity made me, uh, drive and work hard to better my life. Yeah. You know, I can really agree with that a lot. You know, I can attest to that too. You know, growing up, I always was showed what not to do instead of what to do. Right. So of course, you know, growing up, I'm learning things the hard way, right. I'm hitting my head against the wall. But deep down, I always worked hard. I always wanted to make money. I always wanted to be somebody and always break the chains, like break the generational bullshit that we go through, right? Like a lot of us deal with this. A lot of us are raised that way, right? You do not have to become a product of your environment. Like you said, you could use that as an excuse to not be who you are today, but you flipped it because of those things that you went through. You turned your liabilities into assets and you use them as fuel essentially to, to push you along. So that's a huge mindset shift that most people can't overcome because they, they tend to listen to the noise. They tend to listen to their environments. They see, well, everybody else around me is, well, that's basically all I'm going to get. That's all they get, right? Like, can I get anything else than that? No, because that's all I got. That's all I ever see. That's all I ever know. That's why it's important. Like what you said, when you joined that college, you started leveling up with the people. You started seeing things. That's what happened to me. I started investing in mentorship and because I, I hit a wall. I was like, you know, I did all that shit. We I've seen everything. Okay. Like we, all of it, we came from the streets to corporate. Okay. Like, uh, so mm-hmm. like it, it doesn't have to define you is what I'm getting at. Like these yeah. are great points that we're making here because this is, and I wouldn't trade, I wouldn't trade those experiences for anything. I mean, they, no. they definitely, uh, all are the pieces that add up to the sum of what, you know, what you become. Yep. 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 They say, you know, through time, you become a wiser man. It's because of the things you go through, right? You're able to experience, oh, you know, there's not a time in my life. I think, you know, until I was about maybe 35 where I'm like, 
I'm just smarter than other people. I thought I had it all figured out, right? Every time. But every time I look back five years, I'm like, man, was I stupid. <laughs> yeah, man. yeah, so that that goes back to remaining humble, right? Mm-hmm. Humble and remaining grateful. And we, you know, we practice that, you know, in Apex, you know, with the G code, right? Um, is every day, just don't compare yourself to others, right? There's always going to be somebody better off or worse off than you. Like, so if you sit there and compare yourself all day long or try to justify what you don't have because of whatever, like, that's the wrong mindset to have. Like you need to have an abundance mindset and know that if they can achieve it, well, that there's a freaking blueprint. Now, you know, it's possible, right? Instead of saying, Oh, well, Oh, they pay, they probably got a trust fund or whatever. They have some reason why they got it over me. Like, no, they probably worked hard to earn it. Most people do not get me. Don't get me wrong. You have people that, you know, do get shit handed to them. Most of those people don't end up succeeding very long. They, end up squandering it right so you know that's not what we're talking about here we're, you know we're talking about people that you know understand what it takes to become successful and work into it become the most elite version of yourselves so talk a little bit about so you so you you know you started doing you know you went to college right you started you know leveling up with the people what happened after college so the big the big key in college because I still didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. I certainly didn't know that sales was out. I would go. I wanted. I was a marketing major. I wanted to be be more along the lines of the creative, like making commercials and mm-hmm. and more more based in marketing, uh, but in the traditional sense, like commercials, things like that. Um, I had a sales class. It changed my mind a little bit. It taught me the. Uh, emotional intelligence and the disc profile. Um, and that stuff kind of, you know, got me really interested in sales. And then I got an internship with a fortune 500 company that, you know, there's just no question in my mind was really the breakthrough moment for me because I went in there and again, that fear of failure just made me work so hard. And, and I had a couple bosses that just saw that in me and, and, really helped groom me, made sure I had a job right out of college. And uh, that was a game changer for me. And, and, you know, one of the stories I like to tell is, you know, they got me, they took me out to entertainments like baseball games, football games. Uh, but they took me on a, on a country club golf trip, you know, with, with customers. Mm-hmm. And this place was not far from where I grew up, but it was far enough away that I didn't know it existed. Like I'd never seen hundreds of houses this night yeah. before. And it really jaded me a little bit because I literally couldn't think about golfing because I had no concept of how there was that many people that that lived that well. I'm like, certainly these can't all be doctors and lawyers, right? That's the only thing I knew that made money besides like, you know, athletes and stuff like that. Um, That I'll never forget that. So I always thought, you know, at that time, I'm like, they should have to put their occupation on the mailboxes. I was like, it should be a law. And I knew it wasn't like, you know, a good idea to do that. Um, but that thing, I think about those mailboxes all the time because I, I, I could not comprehend how that many people live like that. Cause I just never saw it, you know, whenever I grew up. So it really pissed me off to be honest, because I just didn't have any of those people in my circle. And what could I have been and what, how much more quickly could I have become successful if I did have access to those people and just people saying, Hey, all you have to do is this to go on this path. I mean, I, I literally didn't know certain professions existed. So, you know, that's a passion of mine. I love talking to people and really giving them uh, more of a bridge uh, to, so that they know that, that it's that's one of the reasons why, you know, we've created, 
you know, this podcast and a lot of people created, you know, courses and, you know, with the internet today, guys, like if you guys are listening, there's really no excuse why you can't learn how to level up. There's free stuff out there until you get to a level where you can pay for it. Like that's exactly what I did. I went to college, but I didn't go to college for what I'm doing now. Like it's completely self-taught. Like there's like, you can get a full education online and through our mentors, our paid mentors, like the stuff we learn, they don't even teach in college. Forget it. And and let's, you know, let's not forget like 30 years ago is when I was in this, you know, yeah. growing up, they didn't have the internet. Like we, right. we grew up with uh, encyclopedias for, for um, uh, book reports and stuff at research. And it, I think at the tail end of my high school career, uh, computers did come out, but there were many teachers. I think the majority would not accept online resources yep. as, as uh, uh, usable. Like they wouldn't allow that on their papers. So I, I literally got failed on a couple of papers because I used an online resource, which I know back then it's probably funny. tougher to find mentors. You know, you look for coaches and your, you know, your school teams, or you look for counselors in your, but you know, maybe you don't have that available to you. Right. But that's no excuse now. Right. There's so many well, resources. You know, it's funny you say that. Cause like I've, I've uh, a couple other alumni that are business partners of mine tried to reach out to the schools that we went to mm-hmm. and uh, you know, do kind of like a mentorship thing. Like we would fall and, and uh, you would be surprised at how difficult it is to, to uh, make those connections. Like they, oh. I, it, I guess I, I was told that they're too busy putting out fires to, to really put together programs like that. But it's disappointing because there are people that want to help and their structure is so bad that they don't even know how to allow that. Yeah, or they're, politi- you know, they have their own politics about what they want to push, you know what I'm saying? So they yeah. don't put certain things in there, right? But yeah. uh, but that's why we create these online forums, right? These podcasts. No are, doubt. Can't stop you know, that. Yeah, you can't stop our YouTube channels, our Instagram, our TikToks. I mean, you know, let's shift a little bit, right? You know, on on that note, I mean, you you put out video. I think every couple of days, you know, you're. I look, I scroll through your feed. It seems like I'm constantly seeing an informational video. Talk a little bit about how you market yourself. Now that you talk a little bit about the mindset side of it, like you talked about how you went to marketing school. When you got out of marketing school, like what happened there? Like, well, one thing I could tell you is I didn't learn a whole lot in college. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and it wasn't from lack of trying. I graduated with a pretty high GPA. It's just they just teach you such traditional learning. Um, I really didn't. I mean, just looking back, I didn't know that much coming out of school. I just knew I had a good work ethic. Mm-hmm. Um, but from a marketing standpoint, now, like obviously, even within sales, I was in sales for 17 years, and it, I was a relationship salesperson, right? So yep. we we went out and I went and met with people every single day. I was on the road every single day. If I was in the office my boss was on my ass because I couldn't make sales. You know, I was never an inside salesperson. I was always going and and meeting with people, decision makers and, and selling larger accounts. And uh, so that's what I know. So I'm very good at building, you know, uh, building rapport and becoming more of a consultant versus just a transactional salesperson. So that is strength of mine. and, And it's a lot different than the traditional ways of marketing now, which is, a lot more funnel based and things like that, mm-hmm. more online and transactional. Um, so that's the stuff that I need to learn. But the thing I love about posting videos and sharing that content, um, and I'm not blazing any trails, like I'm just doing 
people tell me to do like an apex and you know I, I watch Gary V quite a bit and just trying to add value out there and I can tell you I've raised a lot of money you know for my real estate deals and made connections on and and have business partners based on me just putting out free content I view it as putting out good karma and so there's it's very hard to track ROI and I don't but that's why I do it you know I can't have one-on-one -on -one conversations with everyone that reach out to me about you know, uh, how to invest in real estate. So that's put out those videos. I try to help people without, you know, hampering myself and, and limiting my ability to really concentrate on their business. I'm not a full-time, um, coach or anything like that. Uh, I, I invest in real estate. I'm, I'm in it every day. You know what I mean? I'm out at properties. I'm meeting with bankers. I'm meeting with my project managers and my office managers, uh, routine. Um, so I'm not out there completely looking for students to pay me and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. I do try to give back and try to share information. It's what it's all about. You know, people don't want to be sold. They want to be helped. We talked about this yesterday about a lot of businesses are super transactional, right? Like they don't even know they're freaking their client, you know, like they just know they're collecting a check from them. <laughs> like it's, yeah. but uh, you know, once you got out of college and you, you know, you were talking about how you did logistics is that was your first job out of college or like, yeah, how'd you yeah, know you were good at sales? From that, I wasn't good at sales. Like, I mean, I just, uh, listen, you know, so many people are jaded about sales and I was too. And that's why I love talking to people. I, I, I tell people all the time, you don't have to be the Jordan Belforts of the world, right? You don't have to be that persuasive person that can sell ice to an Eskimo. I was never that guy. Um, I am legitimately going to talk to people and if you have a need, I'm trying to help them. And yeah, that old school way of selling is, 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 doesn't work anymore. People are not stupid. <laughs> you know, even Jordan Belfort got figured out and got sent to freaking prison. Right. So like, you know, <laughs> people are not more knowledgeable these days. They know, like they know tactics. They know when they're, you know, people are trying to sell you, you know what I'm saying? Like you've got to come with a different approach if you want to be different in this marketplace. And the best way to do that is to provide value first, look to ways to help and solve problems. Don't look to just push your product down people's throats because it ain't going to work. Especially now, I, res I respect the good salespeople. I, I remember getting a door-to-door -door salesman at my, and didn't look like the people that lived in my neighborhood. We'll put it that way. But she <laughs> came up, she came up, and and she was selling like simple green soap you can buy at Home Depot now. But they were They're pretty sales, pretty slick little salespeople. I've had them come up to me before Dude, too. She goes, "Sir, I'm here selling uh, good looks and charm, but it looks like you already have that." <laughs> And then she broke into, uh, I used to sell dope. Now I'm selling soap, you know, <laughs> and like she made me crack up. I think I paid like $45 for the soap just because. Because I mean, you, you were entertained. I appreciated it. You know, yeah. it was, it was really funny. I'm not that kind of salesperson. And I yet, wish did I you need the soap? Probably not. But could you use I it? I did yes. not. Never used it. I'm telling you, I never used it. But you could have. But the point is, is the transfer of is worth yeah, that, transfer of uh, service. Story. That's what it's about <laughs> to me as a sale, right? When I transfer something to you that you want and you return for money, it's a transfer of services. It's yeah. not really a sale. It's a transfer. Like it's an agreed upon. It's like, you know, I don't know. It's a different yeah, word, yeah. like sale, value, however you want to call it. But I hate, yeah. I hate calling it like a close. Like, oh, I just closed this client. Like that sounds super salesy. Like, no, I, I just acquired this client. We're going to help them grow. It's like super excited, right? Like, yeah, you yeah. know, but uh, all right. So you, so you got in, you did the logistics. How'd you start doing like real estate, you know, in, 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 in yeah. private lending? Like what turned the corner there? Like, 
Uh, no, dude, just that, right? What 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 do companies do when you're in sales? Like I was always a top performing salesperson. Um, did very right. well. They kept messing with my money, man. And you're like, I gotta go. Uh, well, no, I didn't go. I just start. I mean, I was on the road every day. I start side hustling, man. So I would go out at lunch and go look at houses. I would go look at houses at work. I would go look at houses on the weekend. So you just and, saved all uh, your money for your first deal. Like, how'd you get your first deal? First deal was well. This is 2013, so it was like on the MLS. It was a foreclosure, mm-hmm. and uh, I had a good home equity line of credit. The good thing was getting started. I had a good job. My wife had a good job. We had equity in our house, so I just pulled good out credit. a home equity yeah. line of credit, and I was able to, you know, complete a whole project. And uh, you know, you I was almost going to walk away. I was almost going to walk away from five grand earnest money the day before closing, and. Uh, Ended up taking my stepdad through at the time, and he was a contractor, and I was trying not to involve him because I wanted to do it on my own, mm-hmm. but like I was going to get cold feet and lose. He was like, I'll come over. So I didn't give him my rehab numbers. I said, come through. Tell me what you think this is going to cost me. He went through, and he's like, what's your worst case scenario? And I said, you know, I'll, I'll do this, and I won't make any money. And as soon as I said that, I'm like, you little bitch, like just... Like, <laughs> just go through it. And he's like, it'll be worth the education. Even if you do break even, right. That's yeah. your worst case scenario. I ended up making 27 K on it on the first nice. flip. Um, and I, I was close to close. I mean, I'm, you know, again, fear of failure, uh, purchase to sold was 91 days. So we did, we did very well on it. That was a, that was a good project for me to start. Yeah, so that's good. You came out swinging and you had a good, good first round and you just took that and built on it, huh? Yeah, then just start flipping. And that's all I wanted to do was make an extra 100K or something like that in, in flipping. And then I bought a couple rentals and it just kind of grew from there. And then it, I got the bug. And, and by the end of, I got to about 30 rental units to where I was like, I can't, I can't do both anymore. I'm cheating on my passion and I'm cheating on my job. Mm-hmm. Um, it just was too much. I was like 35 pounds heavier than I am, you know, today, uh, just because I would work all day and then I would work pretty much a second full-time job investing in real estate. So I went on my own at the end of 2018. Yeah. So, you know, it took, it took a lot of time and effort and hard work and working extra shifts and, you know, long hours. And, you know, unfortunately you had to take your body through that toll, but look at you now, right? Yeah. Yeah. We're up to hey, diamonds are created under pressure. Units. Yeah. 417 units. That's amazing. I'm glad I'm talking to you. That's one of, one of my goals too, is to have, you know, you know, you know, Grant Cardone is one of my biggest, you know, mentors. He's, mm-hmm. He's always big on multifamily, you know, own 2000 units by the time you're 50, you don't have to work anymore. Right. Like, you know, collect that mailbox money, the passive income. So it's always been a goal of mine. So uh, what's your, what's your target for like, you know, I mean, how, how many doors you ultimately looking to get in your, in your life? I, I don't know, man. Like I, I look at just what the next goal is. I, I don't want to get, because I just went from uh, like a hundred and, 12 units to 417 overnight, right? It was, wow. we, we took down a 305 unit portfolio and we had no employees. We were supposed to absorb some of the, the seller's management employees. Mm-hmm. It didn't happen. Uh, I got kicked in the, in the butt, you know, for all of December. And um, now we have a team of like 20 uh, people, almost 20 people and a different company than w- what we were 10, 10 employees. So to think, you know, thousand doors, 2000 doors, all that stuff, 
is cool and all that, but really my next goal is set on, on uh, you know, 50 million in assets is, is really what we're at. We're about 30 right now. So we want to yeah, bring a couple more. that takes? We want to do. Yeah. 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 So we, we already uh, like a 250 um, unit apartment complex in sight. So we, we will probably know this week we're going to be able to get a contract on it. You guys work like in specific areas or you just kind of find the best deal in the, in the United States or? Right now, kind of like all, the best deals are. Yeah, well, right now we're all in Pittsburgh. I'm uh, one of those weirdos that loves the the visionary aspect, but also the integrator aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like, you know, we have our own in-house management. We have our own in-house construction company. And um, the thing I like about real estate is it, it is tangible and I can drive to these properties and that's important to me. So I want to make sure that, um, again, growing up where I grew up, like, investor money and, and partnership money is is important to me like beyond like what you can imagine so i'm very proud of it so with me being able to drive to that investment if something went sideways like i'm comfortable with that but if it was in another part of the country i wouldn't i wouldn't sleep as easy uh yeah. i will get there but I, I just wasn't there at this point so that's cool so you guys take on the properties you got people to renovate them so you make you know, business on that too. So yeah, we're, we're like an integrated group of companies that, right. that we do the whole, the whole thing. And then you have people to market your properties for, to fill them like your rentals and stuff, but they probably yeah. pretty we much have, fill themselves on these markets. No. Yep. We have full-time leasing people. Um, we have VAs helping us on answering messages, mm-hmm. uh, you know, after hours and stuff like that weekends. So I don't kill my people. Yeah, uh, we we do all the twenty four seven maintenance, you know, that needs done. So all the properties, um, you do all the property maintenance and management and everything, huh? All in house. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Yeah, so, we just put together like you know we're just uh, you know we're growing, so we have a lot of inventory now. So we just went through an inventory project and got that all in our rental management software. We had never had the need for it before, but now we do. We have you know uh, refrigerators, ranges. I know. It adds up. We got good deals on, and you the supply chain is so tough right now so we we gotta scoop up what we can and keep it in inventory so whenever we need it we can switch it out real quick you know for somebody who said they never thought they'd want a business i think you're doing pretty good <laughs> <laughs> i got the bug now man so it's 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 game on i mean our you know my my uh saying is no finish line so i i know we're gonna get big like 50 million is just the next the next stop but uh i mean who knows how much we'll have under management at, at uh in the near future but that's my next goal it's funny to listen to you right not funny but like you know when you first started you were talking about how you know you're going to these houses you're seeing these different places you're like i could never imagine you know me making that kind of money and then now i hear you saying you know we're gonna get 50 million in assets like that mindset shift is insane y'all so if you guys are like listening like like that right there like didn't happen overnight all right like it, it takes time and effort and dedication consistency persistence Surround yourself with the right people, accountability, all these things consistently over time led him to where he has today. But uh, I mean, good well, the, you know, the funny thing with that will is, you know, I used to have passwords and they're all changed. So I'm not risking anything, but I used to have passwords like retire $2 million, two, 2M. Like 2 million was my goal wow. in college was to retire with. If I had $2 million, that was, you know, bef- I thought it was going to be a million. I was like, I'm going to go for 2 million. Like that was like a big deal to me. I mean, to the point where I made it my passwords and I told, uh, I don't know if you know, Amy Ward, Dan Ward's mm-hmm. wife, but anyway, I was telling her that and she was like, you need to change your password. And I always thought that was a good saying, but like, 
it was so important to me that I made it my password. And, and that wasn't that long ago that like I just shifted, but it just kind of happened. I mean, I never, I never thought about these big numbers, never needed to, you know, we grew up around those people like, well, how, uh, when's enough enough. Right. Mm-hmm. That was my mindset. It wasn't like I was trying to hold myself back, but like it's enough enough. Right. I mean, I don't have that answer. So my new saying is no finish line. And it's just a reminder to me to, you know, push yourself. Cause, and, and now my goal, my why, obviously it's taking care of my, my daughters and my wife and my family in general. Like I'm employing my dad and, and I'm going to try to get my employees, everybody that counts on you, yeah. all my employees. And, yeah. uh, but my why now is like, I just, you know, this is a rehearsal, man. Like, let's see how far we can push this thing. And, uh, you know, I don't have like a, you, you listen to a lot of entrepreneurs and you want to talk about mindset. A lot of them have hit like rock bottom and I've taken a completely different and conservative approach. Like a lot of people say, quit your job as soon as possible. I mean, I was making six digits in corporate America. I could have lived like that for the rest of my life. I would have been fine. Yeah. Um, I never had a big failure moment. Mm-hmm. I never had a bad credit score. Like never. I've never had a bad credit score. Uh, I've never filed bankruptcy or, you know, you know, I've done some dumb crap. I had a DUI when I was 23, but like, yeah. that's, that's rock bottom for me. So right. like, I would, I always say, well, I wouldn't trade my problems for anyone else's. Um, that's right. Is a right? Like approach. everybody has their own problems and what we consider like extreme, you know what I'm saying? So like, mm-hmm. you know, to you, that's your rock bottom, right? Yeah. So, you know, if you can give any tips for people like, you know, for people that necessarily it may not even be a business, but like they have an idea, they have something they want to do, but they're on the fence. Like people are, you know, they've got naysayers in their ears. They got doubters. They got people telling them, you know, you shouldn't do that. Or maybe you should take this route or play it safe. Like, what, did you ever have that growing up? I mean, what what did you do for yourself? Or could you give any tips like for people that are dealing with that right now? Cause that, I, that fear of failure is a, is a powerful thing. And I wish people would turn it around and be afraid not to fail, right? Instead of saying I'm afraid to fail, because you're gonna fail. You know what I'm saying? But but if you had yeah, any tips, fail forward, right? Yeah. Like, what would you say? Like some top things for for a couple people. You know, I I think everyone's different, but man, not everyone's built for entrepreneurship. I'm gonna say that right now. You mm-hmm. know, if you're not willing to work until you're like, I work until my eyes cross at night. (laughs) You know, I'm there for my family. I'm present with my family. And when they go to bed, like I literally work until my eyes cross, Mm. like, you know, and I wake up, you know, between five and six to go work out um, and make sure that I don't fall into being 35 pounds over, you know, overweight again. Um, But listen, you got to kind of look at where you're at, right? If you're making whatever, 100, 200, 300 grand. I know some people making 400 grand, 500 grand, they're still not happy. Um, you know, you, those jobs, those higher paying jobs are a lot harder to divorce mm-hmm. than if you're making 30, 40, 50, or even $70,000. Like, I feel like that's pretty easy to replace. And you can do that on a side hustle. I'm very conservative. Like it took me five years to divorce my, you know, my, my sales job. Cause I made good money. I had a lot of flexibility. I had a good expense account. You know, I had either a car allowance or, or, or a company car pretty much my whole career. So it was hard to divorce that, especially when you have a family, but if you're young, like go after it, man. Um, bridges. And, yeah. I mean, I, I don't, everyone, you know, there's no broad tip I can give you other than work your ass off. It we're all different 
we all have different levels of intelligence, uh, different levels of means. It, that you can control is how hard you work. If you're willing to work and educate yourself, that was the biggest thing for me was my work ethic. And um, literally I would not, I didn't listen to the radio and listen to music. I was listening to podcasts. I listened to pretty much the first 150 or 200 pockets podcasts, learning real estate. You know, I was uh, eating up audio books. I was going to these real estate boot camps and learning how to invest. I was paying for speed. I've spent well over, you know, I don't even know how much I spent. I've probably spent over $200,000 on masterminds and courses and things yeah. like that. Um, and it has, listen, it's hard to, to invest in, the, in yourself like that and, and not know what the ROI is going to be. But I can tell you from my standpoint, like it's been big, but a lot, we, you see those um, posts all the time on Facebook. Like I got 20 grand or 50 grand. What, how do I sit and triple my money? Yeah. And truly, I do think people should invest in themselves first. You say it's hard to track the ROA, but I'm sure you can attest this. The best ROI, like the best investment you can make is in yourself. I've always got return on investment on that. If you put in the work. Yeah, you, of course. You and got like it. we're surrounded by those people, right? So we're, we may, I don't want to take that for granted because I know a lot of people that, shit, you go into any convenience store, you see people, you know, buying lottery tickets. I, I think that's the saddest thing in the world to see people that you can tell. Especially the ones that should not be buying it. Like, why are you spending your last? That's who's buying it. Yeah. That's who's buying it. Yeah, no. But they look at me like I'm crazy because I'll spend two grand, 10 grand or a hundred grand. It's funny that you mentioned about like the jobs, about, you know, leaving certain things and and it's harder, right? Like I thought about that too. Like when I was younger, when I was doing these little rinky dink jobs and these other jobs, I'm like thinking like, okay, same for you guys. If you're listening, if you're doing these regular little jobs, 30, 40, 50, 60,000 jobs that can be easily replaceable. Like you could go for it, go for whatever your dreams are, go for it. What's the worst that can happen? You fail and you, you just go back and go get that job. Hire, that's still right? going to be fucking sitting there when you get back to it. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not going anywhere yeah. that that company will be running with or without you. So it'll yeah. still be there, you know, if something was to happen, but if you go for it, most of the time when you take the leap, the net will appear. Most people don't take that leap. They don't show up. That's half the battle. That's why people say, well, why is he so lucky? You know, it's because he shows up every day and the opportunities presented himself and he was there to grab them. It may have not been today. It may not be tomorrow. It may not be three months from now, but if he continues to show up, it will eventually happen for you. Right. You know, it's funny. Like, you know, just some of the things you said, even back in my corporate career, you know how everyone is jealous of the people that's the, the workers that are the favorites of the boss. Yeah. Why are they the favorites? Because they're working their ass off. Mm-hmm. Now there's backstabbers out there and everything else, but in general, like the people that are the favorites are the ones that outwork in everyone. They're willing to do stuff that the others don't. I worked, you know, in the college years, um, uh, I worked with my dad in a factory and it was a union shop and myself and my two cousins, we were outworking everyone there. I mean, it just, we were just moving at our speed. And I'm telling you, three people would come over to you and say, hey, slow down. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to make everyone else look bad. The work will be here. Yeah. And like, and guess what? I did slow down. There's no turn in my mind. I slowed down because I don't want to work harder than them. The same amount. Yeah. The same amount of money. Exactly. That's how I thought too. It's like, why? Like, and then you want to put yourself in a vehicle that allows you to get paid for the skills you have and allows you to work at whatever pace you want to be able to make as much money as you want. Right. You know, another thing, too, that helped me kind of get over that leap is like what you said, continuously working, educating yourself. What that does is it builds confidence. 
that fear that you have is the fear of the unknown because you don't have the confidence to, to know you can achieve it. So you never go after it. If you start to scale up on whatever it is you're afraid of, it builds that confidence, allows you to then go into the marketplace uh, and through frequency as well, you'll get better and build, build more confidence. So it's a combination of those two. But if you start to do that, you start to like feel better and you're like, okay, I know some shit now. Let's go test it. Right. But until you start leveling up and, and learning that stuff, you don't know what you don't know. And then you're going to play it safe. You're going to always make excuses. Right. Um, but uh, this is all, this is all great stuff, right? The best, the best investment you can make is in yourself. That's the best thing I've ever heard. Uh, it, it rings true. Uh, that's why I'm constantly every year, you know, and, and, and use this for yourself too. And not you, but like anyone that's listening, like, if you feel like you have a ton of momentum and all of a sudden, like things are getting stagnant, look at, look at, look at yourself say, Hey, maybe it's time to reinvest to level up more because you're going to get to different points in your life and your business where you're going to plateau. And you think, well, the skills that I've learned previously got me to this point. Well, now it's time to level more and keep mm-hmm. going. You don't want to stop. I always say, if you're not growing, you're dying. Right. Um, I actually feel weird. Like I start feeling funny, like, okay, time to reinvest. Like, you know, like so, something's off and, and normally it has to do with that simple fact. Like I, you know, I'm, yes. I'm lacking on a book or I need to invest in something to get me past that next thing that's stopping me. Right. Like, so all this is gravy, baby. Great. Greatness is not achieved in comfort. You know? Yeah. Seek to be uncomfortable. Right. Do things that others are not willing to do. All these are great things. And stack the wins. Thomason is my business coach. Thankfully, I'm very blessed there. Mm -hmm. And uh, he he's all about stacking the wins. So, you know, I could have not started my real estate investing career. I did nine years ago and taken down a 305 unit portfolio. Couldn't do it. But you know, I start buying single fees, then duplexes, then four units, and eight units, then 12 units, and then managing 100 units. Build your confidence little by little. Stacking wins, man. Stacking wins. And, and the little wins too, guys. A lot of people like, they're like always trying to go for the big one. They don't think about all the little wins you do each and every day that you can use to motivate you and get you up and get you going. Cause you're going to take fucking hits. You're going to take losses. So you got to focus on the little things, the little wins. And then when the big ones come, it's like, it's even more motivating, but like focus on the little things. If you can get little wins each day, these things will keep you driving forward and it'll keep you motivated, keep you want to stay in the game. But if you're constantly taking fucking loss after loss, after loss, after loss, and this is all you're consuming in your mind, it's all you're ever going to have, right? You got to visualize wins first, then put it out in the world, start attracting it and obviously execute to get it right. Like, so it's, it's, it all comes back to first starting right here in the mind. Right. You've got to tell yourself first, like what you're doing, $2 million goal in your password. I'm sure subconsciously seeing that when you're typing it every day, you're no, you're reminding yourself, right? These are all little subconscious mindset tricks and tips that we want to share with you guys to, you know, hopefully you can use it now or in the future. You know, you're going to remember this at some point throughout your life. And you're like, oh, I remember what they were saying. You know what I mean? Like it happens all the time. So, you know, I hope you guys have found this podcast incredibly helpful. Dan, you've been completely awesome. I really do appreciate you, my, my, my friend, uh, for coming on here. Likewise, man. I appreciate you having me on for sure. And, uh, you know, this this mind, this Mindset Masters in Marketing podcast was action-packed, full of great stuff. It's all about surrounding yourself with the right people that can hold you accountable, getting in the right networks, building your confidence, right? And just understanding, like, your why. Like, what you know, what do you want to be and what do you want, right? All those good stuff. So, Danny, you want to add anything else before we hop off here, my brother? I think I'm good, man. Uh, just keep fighting and, and believe in yourself because 
no one's no one else is going to believe in you if you don't. Yeah, that's the first thing. Believe in yourself. Showing up's half the battle. But if you don't believe in yourself, no one else will. The same thing I always tell other people is like, don't expect people to invest in you if you don't invest in yourself. Like, mm-hmm. like why are you expecting to buy into what you have to offer or sell if you don't buy in and believe what you have? Like, you know, it all starts with you. So great stuff, Dan. Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Tune in next week. My fine listeners, I really appreciate everybody, you know, coming on and listening. Um, that's it. Thank you guys so much. This is another wrap of Mindset Masters of Marketing hosted by yours truly, Will Hyder, Dan Constantino. Thank you so much. You have a great day, sir. We appreciate you. You too. Thanks, Will. Thank you, buddy. One second.